0: Okay, we are going to uh, study a parable today. It's actually, we're kind of going to study two parables and they're going to merge into one and we're going to get kind of this picture that Jesus used honestly to confuse us, but maybe explain a little bit. Parables are very interesting because they're like word pictures that everybody who heard them would have said, okay, I know what a field is. I know what a farmer is. I know what sheep are. But then you hear the parable and sometimes the hearers of the parable were like, what, what did he say? Like, what is he trying to explain? Sometimes the parables are designed to confuse people. Like, the people that heard it, they're like, I know what a farmer is, but I don't know what he's really getting at. Sometimes the people who heard it would have said, is he, are we the bad guys in this parable Like, is he telling us we're the bad people? Do you know what I mean? Like, parables are just like that. They would have left the people hearing it confused. And a lot of times I think that we maybe understand them a little bit more because we have the whole story. Like, we have in mind what the Bible says. And so it kind of helps us to understand the whole thing. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Open to John chapter 10. We're going to be in there all morning. Uh, We're going to read about half the chapter. I couldn't help myself. There's just too much in these uh, two parables. I really couldn't cut anything out. And I think it's good for you all to follow along uh, with me and read uh, John chapter 10. You guys there? Start in the very first verse. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Most of you all probably know my dog, Mulder. There he is. He's checking his email. Can you believe that? That was the first picture of Mulder I found. I said, why not? Mulder is not a smart dog, even though it looks like he is in that picture. Uh, He's basically a lump of dog that just lays around our house all the time. Until another dog is around and then he loses his mind and then he returns to a lump once the dog is gone. I was thinking about when him when he, I was writing this sermon and he essentially has a vocabulary of four words. I thought about all the things that Mulder responds to and there's four things. The word treat, right? He could be laying with his paws up and tongue hanging out asleep for hours and someone thinks the word treat and Mulder's up on all fours and immediately wherever you are, right? Mulder knows the word treat. If someone says like walk or outside, that doesn't get as much attention as the word treat. But usually if he's properly motivated, if you use the word outside, you'll eventually hear click, 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 click of his paws, right? Uh, to go outside. He knows his name, but he kind of ignores his name like if you catch him doing something wrong and you say Molder, no reaction, nothing at all. So we try, those are, are Molder's four words, he's not smart. Um, sheep, you guys read this, are just a little bit more selective than Molder, my dog. They know the shepherd's voice. When the shepherd says, come on sheepies, the sheep follow, right? They follow him around. They trust him. A stranger's voice, the sheep don't follow. They know, hey, that's not the shepherd. He's not watching out for us. Mulder will follow anyone who says the word treat, right? I mean, literally, our house got broken into, and I think he made them dinner. (laughs) He didn't do a thing. So, like, my dog is not intelligent enough to handle this. Sheep are smarter than Mulder. They know that's not the shepherd. I should not listen to him. They see the guy that hopped the fence to get into the sheep pen. You saw that in the parable, and they say, no, 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 no. He's up to no good. I'm not going to have anything to do with that. Now, you guys read who who Jesus was talking to in this parable, right? He said the Pharisees, VIPs, Pharisees, good guys or bad guys? Bad guys. Yeah. I mean, usually they're the bad guys. They're the people that we read it, and we're like, oh, my gosh, like how... Could you miss it, guys? Like get, you know what I mean? Like, These are the people that should probably get it more than anybody else, but they're the people that never get it. And that's who he's talking about when he gives this parable. So Jesus, he draws a little picture of a sheep pen. I can't relate to this. I do not have sheep in my backyard, right? But I can follow along with what Jesus is saying. I can get a picture in my mind. There's a you know, little sheep, and there's a fence all the way around the sheep. Uh, there's a gate at one end, there's a shepherd, he's probably got a staff, right? And if you see a good guy, or if you see a guy jump in the fence, VIPs, good guy or bad guy? Bad guy. Bad guy. Bad guy the seat. the shepherd uses the gate, the bad guy jumps the fence, right? If you see a guy jump in the fence, you know he's not good. Now the shepherd, good guy, right? Super good guy, takes care of the sheep, uses his stick to beat wolves away, right? Like, he's a good guy. And when he says the word treat, the sheep know, well, it's time to go find some more pasture, right? Just like my dog Mulder. When the shepherd says, hey, stay away from there, and, you know, he kind of puts his body between them and the dangerous thing, the sheep know, I got to stay away from that. That's no good. And you see the reaction to what the Pharisees, like, I kind of get it, right? You all kind of get it what Jesus is getting at, but what did the Pharisees do in verse 6? They did not understand. They didn't get it. And I think, I mean, come on, like, honestly, it's a sheep. Like, we're not talking about rocket science here. It's a bunch of sheep. Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. But what was he telling them? Like, he's not just giving a lesson on how to raise sheep, right? Like, what is he getting at? Like, I feel like if I just look at this parable, and I don't know anything else about the Bible, I think, well, I I think kind of maybe he's trying to say that somebody is a shepherd, right? Some people are thieves climbing the fence. There's a whole bunch of sheep that are in trouble and need protection. So I kind of get it, but who is who? Right? The, the Pharisees that were there probably thought, well, obviously we're the good shepherd, <laughs> right? And they think that Jesus, the rebel. Is the guy jumping the fence? But why would he tell the story, right? Like that doesn't make sense that he would tattle on himself. It sounds like Jesus is setting himself to be up to up to be the good shepherd. Keep going, we gotta keep reading. Verse 7. Therefore Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will go in, come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Okay, he's kind of fleshing out the picture. He's saying who's who in the story. VIPs, who's the gate? Jesus, close enough. VIPs, who's the shepherd? Jesus is. That's right. He's saying, that, like, this is me. Like, now, now we know who's who in this. Um, and, G- and Jesus says the shepherd comes so that these sheep can have life. Not just a boring old life, but a full, rich life. Did you guys see that? Sheep inside the pen are safe. Correct? correct. Wolves aren't going to come in. The shepherd's there to knock, knock out the thief. Right? They're gathered up with all the other sheep. You have to use the gate to get in, and if you don't use the gate, you're a bad guy. Everybody clear? We got this, right? We're smarter than Pharisees, aren't we? I don't know. Maybe some days. Keep going. Verse 11. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, now we got another guy. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and he cares nothing for the sheep. The shepherd's job, he takes care of the sheeps because they're his. Sheeps. I'm going to say that a hundred times. Uh, even if it costs him his life, he is going to put his life on the line because they're his. The hired hand is like, I'm out. I got not, you know what I mean? This is not worth the minimum wage that I get for being an assistant shepherd. Okay, shepherd, like the, the hired hand doesn't have any we don't have anything to do with that. Sheep, they're happy to follow the shepherd around, 100% content to eat all the grass that the shepherd leads them to. The guy that hi, that the shepherd hired not so much. He's not as good. Keep reading verse 14. I am the good shepherd, he says it again. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the father knows me and I know the father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. What? Where would the other pen come from? They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. Okay. Now Jesus is kind of laying down the law here. Are we all clear about where we're going with this parable? Got a mental picture of what a sheep pen looks like and what everybody is doing in the cast of characters. VIPs, who are the sheep? Who's the sheep? Who, what people? Emmy. Yeah, like us, we're sheep, right? We are the sheep in the parable. We all got that, didn't we? We're the animals that need protection from wolves or thieves or cliffs or whatever it is that bothers sheep, right? We're the ones that are supposed to recognize the shepherd who is Jesus, right? We're supposed to know his voice. And when he says, come this way, we go that way. And when he says, come this way, we go that way, says, way, go that way right? We know that thieves are going to come and try and take us away, try and deceive us, try and do bad things to us, but we know their voice. We're not going to listen to them, right? We only listen to the shepherd's voice. Jesus is the absolute best shepherd that there could be for us. He takes care of us like we were his own, not like the hired dude. He takes care of us because we are his. The shepherd is even willing to die... For the sheep. Now we all get that, don't we? Because we have a cross on stage. We know the story. But that hasn't happened yet when they heard this. And I wonder if they thought, what on earth is he talking about? Who's gonna kill Jesus, right? Like that, I I wonder how much they grasped at that point. I think that those who probably heard the story were confused by the words. I mean, he did say he was gonna lay down his life, but then take it up again. Who does that? Right? That is, I've never heard of such a thing before. And I think that maybe, some people probably thought he was crazy. I'm not making fun. Like, I really think that they thought, well, he says later in the chapter, like, he was out of his mind. Like, what kind of words is he saying? I get the shepherd stuff, I get the sheep stuff, but the Father tells me to do this, and he's pleased with me because I'm obedient. And what about these other sheep that he's talking about? What's this other pen? VIPs, what do you guys think the other sheep is? What do you think? The non believers. Non believers? Might be there. What else? What do you think? Um, us. us? You think it's other us's? I think you might be right. Huh? The other sheep. Yeah, other sheep. Emmy, what do you think? Gentiles. Oh my goodness. Emmy says Gentiles. <laughs> I think she's right. Okay. So Jesus was talking to, who's in the first pen? The Jews, right? That's who Jesus come to be with first. And he's telling a bunch of Jews, hey, listen, you're not the only sheep. That would have made them mad. Because if you were a Jew, you were so happy to be God's chosen people. You had a very special relationship with God. And for Jesus, the shepherd, to say, hey, listen, I have another pen. And someday... You all are going to be in one great big pen, and I'm going to be the shepherd of all of those sheep. All the pens that I have all over the place are combined into one. How mad are the Pharisees now? Super mad. I think you're right. Jesus' ministry started with the Jews, but he's saying it is about time for the uh, Gentiles to join, and aren't we glad that we get to join? (laughs) That's us. Uh, keep reading. Verse 19. The Jews who heard these words were again divided. Many of them said, He is demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, These are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? So like so often happens in the New Testament. Jesus' words divide people, right? Some people think the guy, like, that he's crazy, he is literally demon possessed. Others think, well, no, I don't. I don't think so. I may not understand everything that he says, but he's saying good stuff, right? And it's probably super tempting for everybody in this room to think, well, obviously we would be in the camp of people who think he's a good guy. That's all of us. We drove through nine inches of snow to be here. Obviously, we're the good people in the story, correct? correct. Maybe. We know, hey, you know, Jesus really did heal blind people. Like, we know that he really did perform miracles. Like, we see that. We see the evidence of him working in our lives. So we think, yep, absolutely, we'd be in the good camp. I don't think many people in this room would say, He's, he was demon-possessed. Like, that's crazy talk. He was out of his mind. But I think that after 2,000 years the edge of Jesus' words has kind of tempered a little bit. Like maybe we don't hear it with the same harshness that the original audience heard the words with. Um, we're doing a series uh, that Sherm started on all the times in the book of John when Jesus said the words, I am. That's super important stuff. I always think of it, it's kind of like Jesus is introducing himself to us. I'm the gate, I am the shepherd, like this is who I am. But those who heard it would have absolutely heard. The Jewish people would have said, he is comparing himself to God. He is claiming to be God. If I had a guy come up to me in Rockford on the street and tell me that he was God, would I think he might be demon-possessed? I might. Would I think at least he's crazy? Yes. So for them to say, oh, no, 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 do not listen to this guy. He thinks he's God. That's not so out of the realm of possibility, right? Okay, that's a big claim, Jesus. Are we sure we're going to go there, right? This word, when he says, I am, it was a huge deal. It was a very special word to the Jewish people. It was so special that when they copied the Old Testament down, they made copies by hand, right? They didn't get to hit print and word, They made copies of this Bible by hand, and they gave one to every synagogue that existed. And every time they got to this word, I am, these are the words that God used to introduce himself to Moses, every time they used it, they took all the vowels out of that word. Did you know that? Because they didn't want to accidentally pronounce his name. It was so holy, they thought, I don't even want to say it out loud. What if I mess it up? What if I say it wrong? What if I don't use it in the right way? So they took all the vowels out, And so you couldn't say his name. Jim Jackamy is right there. If we take all the vowels out of Jim's name, his name is Jim. I can't do it, right? Reggie becomes, I I, I can't do it. So they take all the vowels out of God's name because it was too holy. We don't even want to mess with that. And did you know, this is true. This is a boring Bible history lesson for you. Every time in your Bibles, when you have the words L- for the letters, L, and then in littler capitals, O-R-D, that is God using his extra special name. Okay, so our Bible, our writers of our Bible that translated it into English, they gave us a little clue. Every time you see big L, little O, little R, little D, that is God using this, that is the, the writer using this word, I am. A little clue for you. Uh, So fast forward to the teachings that we're reading about. I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. It's not just subject I, verb am. It's God's name. And he's saying, he and I are one. We are the same thing. Huge. Someone came up to me and said, me and God are the same thing. I would probably think they're crazy too. I really would. And... If I was a Jewish person and he's claiming to be God and using God's extra special name that I won't even pronounce because there's no vowels in it every time I write it down, now I'm angry. Now Jesus is a blasphemer. He is claiming to be God and use his extra special name. I wonder if my, what my reaction would have been if I would have heard that. Maybe a lot of us would be in the category that thought Jesus was demon-possessed. I don't know. Take away the scandalous part. What about the claims himself? What about all the things that he is teaching? I am the gate, so if I want to get into the sheep pen, I have to go through who? Jesus, right? That's the only way. If I jump jump the fence, can I get into the sheep gate the right way? No, I'm a bad guy, right? I don't want to read too much into this, but I think it's interesting that Jesus says, I want them to have life and have it to the full. You guys saw that? Jesus did not say, I want them to have a good death and have a really full afterlife. I think it's really tempting of us to think this, the sheep pen is heaven. I don't think it is. I think the sheep pen is earth. I think that Jesus is saying, right now on earth, I want my sheep to have a full, rich life. Not someday when they're dead. I think right now, he wants us to have a good life. It's a hard topic because I know a lot of Christians who don't act very alive. (laughs) You know what I mean? Who are sad or angry or nervous or fearful. And Jesus is saying, no, I want you to have a full life. I want you to enjoy the sheep pen that you are in right now. Maybe people, I don't know, sometimes I get fearful that my needs are not going to get met. And I stop having a full, rich life. I think, you know, maybe the grass is going to quit growing and suddenly I'm going to have to fight with the other sheep in order to get the last little morsel of grass. Jesus didn't say that. He says, no, you're going to have a full life. I'm going to take care of you. Don't worry about it. That's not what life in a sheep pen is supposed to be like. Passing through that gate means that the shepherd is going to take care of me in every conceivable way. He knows more about my needs than I do. And I have to trust that the shepherd is going to take care of me. When I'm broke, he's going to take care of me. When I lose my job, the shepherd has my back. He is not concerned. When I get sick and the doctors are out of options and they're just shrugging their shoulders and saying, we're going to make you comfortable for the rest of your life, I know that the shepherd is there with me. Every step of the way. When I'm lonely, I remember that I'm sitting in a sheep pen full of all kinds of good-looking sheep. That's you. Now, let me give you a little sidebar. There are times, especially during worship services, like I don't, you know, I don't know every song that's ever been written, you know. And people come up and they sing a song, and I kind of feel weird because I'm just standing there. I don't know the words, or maybe I'm just not feeling it. Maybe I, I'm a terrible singer. Maybe I just don't want to inflict suffering on the people around me you know one of the things I love this happened this morning I'm sorry Joanne I'm sitting right there and Joanne Ford is right behind me and singing when I'm not necessarily singing and I think and I just let Joanne worship for me for a minute do you all know what I'm saying that is one of the best things about being in the sheep pen is that we collectively worship all together sidebar over Living in a Christian as a Christian means that I I know I'm going to lead a rich full life. I don't mean like rich like my bank account is full. I mean abundant. I mean restful. I mean God takes care of my needs kind of life. Mostly mostly because I get to hang out with the shepherd who is capital G good. The shepherd who is equal to God. The shepherd who said, I will absolutely die for you. It doesn't mean every trial goes away, does it? It does not. But it does mean the good shepherd goes through all those trials with me. I think that's even better. Do you all want to be a part of that sheep pen? How about you guys, VIPs? You want to be in that sheep pen with Jesus? They do. Anybody else? Do you guys want to be in that sheep pen with Jesus? Sheep are kind of smelly, but that's where we are, right? That's our lot in life. The first thing we got to do is walk through the gate. In order to get into the sheep pen, we got to go right through Jesus and nothing else. We do not get into the sheep pen by being more good than bad. That is the biggest lie that exists. So many people think that they, have a rela- they become Christians because God puts all the things they did on a scale. And if the good side is heavier than the bad side, you get to come in. That is a total lie because just one tiny little bad thing means you're out of the sheep pen. So the only way you get to come in is through Jesus. That's it. Have you all entered into the sheep pen through Jesus yet? Second thing we do, we listen for his voice. Guys, you remember what the, sh- what the shepherd does? What does he do? He talks, and who hears him? The sheep. the sheep hear him. And when the shepherd says do something, what do the sheep do? They do it, they do it right? Do the sheep ever go... Mm, I don't know if we should follow him this time. No. What do they do? They just do it immediately. Why? Because they trust him. They trust him, right? They've heard his voice a hundred times before. And he says, Watch out for that cliff. And they're like, Okay, I should watch out for that cliff, right? He says, Hey, check out the pile of grass over here. Oh, I really like that pile of grass. I'm going to go over here, right? We listen to his voice and know that he's going to take care of us. Have y'all learned to recognize his voice yet? Ooh, that's hard. Because there's a lot of other voices that try and distract us. I mean, sometimes the thief that jumped the fence is even yelling at me, trying to get me to do what he says. But what do I have to do? I got to listen to that voice I've heard before and trust that he's going to take care of me. Third thing we got to do is i got to know that the good shepherd is good and that he is going to take care of me in every single way. I can relax. I can heal and become the little sheep that God made me to be. I know. I know that the good shepherd went all the way to the cross to make me not sick with sin anymore. And he did that for you and he did that for every single person you're going to meet today that doesn't know that. He went to the cross so that they can get better. Tell them. Who is the one person in your life that you know God put you in my life so that you so that they know me know Jesus someday. Tell that person today that they can get better. We get to be called righteous. Isn't that crazy? People that know me, am I a righteous person? No, but I get to be called righteous because Jesus was righteous, right? God looks at me and he doesn't see all of Brian's nasty habits. He sees Jesus's blood. That's it. That's really, really, really good news. Have you all learned to live a rich and full life the way Jesus offers us to live? That's hard too. Whew, I'm going to pray. And if you are sitting in this room and you, ha- I, I just said three things that we all need to do. Come into the pen, listen to his voice, and learn to live the good life. Learn to follow the, uh, the good shepherd. Of those three things, if you realize I'm on step zero, I haven't done any of that stuff yet. After the service is all over, I just want you to come and visit with me. And we'll talk about how you can take step number one. Let's pray together. God, I thank you for the privilege that it is to gather in this place with my fellow sheep in your presence. Father, I thank you for the parables that your son used. I don't want to be like the Pharisees and and not get it. I thank you for your spirit that is inside of us that explains to us the cast of characters and explains to us what the different items that Jesus meant, what it means. And Father, I pray that you would help us to put it into practice. God, help us to be good sheep, resting inside of your pen, knowing that the good shepherd takes care of us. God, help us to tell somebody else how to join us. It's in your son Jesus' name that I pray, amen.